This is the Social Strategy Podcast, episode lucky number 21. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. As a business owner, you know that you need to have a mobile website. Doodle Mobile is going to take care of that for you. Just go out to doodlemobile.com and enter promo code ROSS15 to save $15 on an annual subscription and get a new mobile website in minutes. Check them out, doodlemobile.com, promo code ROSS15. Hey guys, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And today, my friends, I have a guy on here that I've been wanting to get on this podcast like before it started. He was on my list of podcast bucket list people to get, and today it is Chris Brogan. He's a CEO and owner of OwnerMag. He also runs a company called Human Business Works. Really interesting company. It comprises of you know coaching, speaking, courses that you can take online to better yourself, and just you know an all-around entrepreneurial improvement endeavor. Chris is all about innovation, everything social media, and here recently just published a book, The Freaks Shall Inherit the Earth. It's a book about entrepreneurship for weirdos, misfits, and world dominators. That's actually all in the title. I'm going to have it in the show notes. Chris, how you doing, man? Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Best I've ever been. How are you? <laughs> That's good, man. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Quite a few difficulties today starting the podcast, but, you know, sometimes you got to pay Murphy, right? Sometimes, you know, it happens that way. But, you know, with passion, vision, and creativity, we can move through anything, can't we? There you go. That's tweetable. <laughs> it's your line. I'm just stealing your stuff at this point. Right, right. So, question. I, You know, I have to wonder. I was looking through the book, and some things I've been – I'm reading about – maybe two or three books right now. And one of them was, you know, I'm listening to slash reading is uh, The War of Art. And some of the things that Pressfield talks about in that book, I think they they parallel to what you're talking about in Freak Shell and Hair at the Earth, at least from, um, I think, your overall perspective on the way you view business. And so I, what I wanted to ask you and what I've always wanted to ask people like you that achieve this higher level of business is how did you know when you actually had gone pro because Pressfield talks about going pro and you talk about you know basically weaponizing your your freakishness and your weirdo factors to you know maximize business and to go forth and do your thing how did you know when you were becoming pro that's a it's a good question and it's one of those kinds of things where it happens a little bit over time you have to understand that you know there's a uh, scenario where you think for a while that you're not and then you think for a while maybe you are and then there's that kind of thing where even when you are pro it doesn't matter I mean you still have crappy days I mean I, I didn't make payroll uh, March or April in my business for the first time in having a business and it was like yikes now I have to work even harder because Rob and I did not pay ourselves and we made sure Ron, our third guy in the company, got paid, but that was it. So, you know, 
first off, once you quote unquote make it, you can still have crappy days. You can still lose the whole farm. Everything can still go just as wrong as it does when you're starting out. Uh, when you're pro is, I would say, when you start to feel like you have a sense of domain knowledge, uh, that that you're you're doing a lot more than just the lip service, but that you can actually deliver on all kinds of different levels on what you're trying to to deliver on. So, you know, in my case, I, I am a business advisor and I do strategic advice as well. And so I find that if somebody asks me questions and I know enough of the answers and I and I don't have to say I don't know anymore, then I'm probably doing it wrong. Because first off, you have to really be willing to not know things. Second, I guess what the deal is, is that you hope that people will start to understand what value you bring and what you're you know, what you charge and why there's value in that. And I would say that when you know is when you make the choice to say, you know, here's how much I charge and no one uh, laughs at you the first time. You know, I think that's, that's probably a good day. You know? Right, right, right. No, that is, that is awesome. Yeah. I've had that actually where somebody's laughed when I told them how much I charge. They're like, Oh really? <laughs> why is that? But you yeah. know, again, it's one of those value things. So, so with that, when you, you kind of figure it out over time. And I think most entrepreneurs go through that where they, they get to the point, they get to that, that breaking point, that matrix moment where they're like, oh, I'm awake and I understand exactly what I need to do. Then the how-to part. And I think your book covers that actually pretty well as far as building a framework. But how do you, how do you get to people you know, to that framework? Because I don't think everybody can make that. And of course, not everyone's going to be an entrepreneur, but I know that there are people that really want to do their own thing and they've got the passion. They think they've got the drive, but how do you, in your book, how do you get them to that, that next level where they're actually taking the right action? Wow. That's pretty much the question, Vernon, because I would say that a lot of times where everyone goes a little crazy is, you know, everyone has a lot of the answers. Um, and they just don't execute on them. You know, I'm very f big fan of saying, you know what to do. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a lot of times when you are, say, for instance, you're dieting and you're like, wow, it's really weird. The scale hasn't moved in a few weeks. I better go find some new diet book because clearly this isn't working. And then you're thinking, yeah, and I had a slice of pizza the other night that wasn't on the diet and I ate a whole <laughs> sleeve of Ritz crackers. And you know why you're not losing weight. You know, it's like your diet's not broken. Your uh, discipline is broken. And right. so with execution, I mean, I, I guess one thing that I would say for people is that a lot of times that people are so overwhelmed that they don't know where to start. And, and so one of the things I did with this book was uh, I started by helping people understand what, what a good definition of success might look like. I showed people how to look for different kinds of business goals. Mm -hmm. Most people don't start because they're afraid that they don't know enough. And I said, fall in love with not knowing and make that be the start. And then I walked right through the system uh, of, of how someone could do this. And then I made sure that the very last, the last chapter of the book was kind of a summary, but also a whole push to make sure that people took action. And I think that that's, you know, giving people permission, giving them all the steps and then giving them kind of an, a push to do it is, is what separates this from most books. And then also I think it's what separates lots of people's choice from I'm thinking about it to I'll do something. And, you know, once you start taking those actions, at least I've found it in my own business and the way that I go about trying to do things is that, you, of course, you have the imposter syndrome when you when you really start doing stuff and you start moving and things seem to fall in place through serendipity and other stuff that just goes on and goes right in your business. 
but it's um, sometimes it's hard to give your permission, yourself permission to be successful. How do, how do, you, how do you deal with that? Uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot to that question. I mean, there's a whole lot with regards to uh, making sure that people uh, understand where we set our high watermarks. I mean, there's this thing where we say, that, you know, man, if only I could make whatever it is, you know, if only I could make 20,000 a month. Oh, can you imagine what life would be like if I made 20,000 a month? And then you finally get there and you're like, oh, I'm making 20,000 a month. And you think that, see, I I hit my goal and I got it. And you never start to say, well, if only I could make 50,000 a month. Or you say, this is enough and here's why. You know, there's all kinds of ways that you can look at it. And I always make sure, especially in the chapter I wrote about uh, doing the success, I make sure that people understand that success has a lot of different definitions and you've got to pick the one that's important to you. And and why is because, you know, for instance, somebody will say to me um, that their big goal is to make a million a year. And I go, oh, that's great. That's 84000 a month. Mm-hmm. Then you got to... You, then you got to split that into, you know, four point something weeks. Do you know what that number starts to look like? It's a big number. Right. And so, it is. Uh, you, you know, once you start looking at 84,000 divided, it's 20 something thousand a week. And then I say, hey, how are you going to get that? Dead air. Uh, then they always come back and say, you know, maybe not a million a year. <laughs> uh, so I would say that that's part of the process as well is, is just really understanding that, you know, the future is made up of every day. The future is made up of now. And so if you don't work on what daily life looks like, you're not going to figure out your success. And so in setting those high watermarks and trying to figure out where those are, you have to always kind of recheck yourself. You have to start thinking, you know, all right, this is what I consider the high watermark, but but what is it or what could it be or how how big could I get? And you have to keep saying I'm good enough or I'm, I'm worth it. You know, I, I, that's the weirdest thing I've ever had in my life, Vernon. So in a very small arena, I'm internet famous, you know, such that people see me and they get starstruck and they, they can't speak and things like that, which is the nuttiest, weirdest thing in the world to me because oh, I, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I, you know, I pay someone to put on my pants one leg at a time, just like you. <laughs> uh, and when I, when I think of that, I'm always, you know, humble. I'm always like, wow, I can't believe people feel that way. But then second, of course, I've had my shots too. You know, what, the first time I got to shake Tony Robbins hand, I had to say to myself multiple times, I am enough. Like I am such the right guy to be in this room right now. He was interviewing me for his internet money master series as guy that I grew up listening to his tapes in my car. Uh, and I was like, wow, I'm the guest. Like I'm, you know, I'm the vaunted one. You know, it was a really weird feeling, but I'll tell you this, once you start believing that, and once you start thinking, not that your poop doesn't stink, cause it's really important to remember your poop always stinks. Uh, but that you are, you're definitely worth it. Then things kind of open up. Yeah, that's um, that's amazing. I I don't know how I re- would react if I met Tony Robbins. <laughs> I'm really you, not you sure. do what I did. You'd be like, "Holy crap, you're huge!" Like he's six foot a million. His hand could like engulf my hand, my arm, and part of my shoulder. <laughs> that's hilarious. So you know, with that, it's uh, it's funny when I was uh, I was kind of you know thumbing through your book and just thinking about stuff in general. And one of the questions that I get from people. You know, I do a little bit of speaking here and there. You do a lot of speaking everywhere. Sure. How, 
how did you first start getting booked for speaking gigs? Was it was was it because you knew your craft and you knew what you were doing and people kind of caught wind of it and sought you out? Or did you actually seek out speaking gigs? Oh, crap. I wish people just started ringing the bell. That would be amazing. <laughs> no. Um, let me see. So first off, I went to an event called Bar Camp, which was this event where anyone could speak if they wanted. If you knew something about technology and you wanted to share, you just did it. Uh and then I was there with my friend Christopher Penn, who I met at that event, and we, we became friends. And I started an event with him called uh, PodCamp. Yeah. And it was all about podcasting and all that. Yeah. So we founded that back in 06. Pretty easy to get speaking gigs if you start your own event because you just speak at your own event. From there, uh, my first paid gig was to go speak at Constant Contact headquarters. And that was kind of fun. And then another bunch of small uh, level speaking gigs showed up. And then my biggest break, I was walking down the hallway at South by Southwest and Guy Kawasaki stops me and says, hey, did you get that letter? And I said, I get a lot of letters, Guy. Which one? The one where I make you a lot of money. Oh, <laughs> and uh, he said, you know, it's for Thomson Reuters. They're having their big merger. Uh, we got invited to speak there. I told them you have to be on the, on the list and uh, make sure you charge them a lot of money. And so I lean in really close and I go, guy, I charge 2500 a speech. What should I charge him? He goes, 25000 And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I said yes. And I asked the question. And uh, so we get the phone call and they're like, so what's your speaking fee? And I say, 25000 Like Like I said it every day of my whole life. And uh, then there was this pause. And honestly, the pause is probably like 42 seconds. But in my head, it was 20 minutes long. And there's just dead air. And I'm sure they have like their fist over the phone going, this is baloney. I don't even know this guy. And so the time passes and they say, would you take 20? And I swear that by the time TY had come out of their lips, I had said, yes, no, that's great. 20 is good. Uh, and that's when I started charging 20,000 a speech shortly afterwards, trust agents hit the New York times bestseller list. And I could charge 20,000 a speech because I knew I was worth it. Uh, but really, I mean, I mastered it by doing thousands of speeches. I've, I've done as many as, you know, a few hundred a year mm -hmm. since 07. And some of those were free in the old days. Some of them are still free nowadays if it's, you know, some really important friend of mine. Uh, I didn't charge anything to be at the New Media Expo, for instance. But uh, it was fun. I wasn't even on the list to speak. I just spoke because, yeah, no, yeah. you know, everybody was caught in was snowed storm. In. Yeah, the massive <laughs> snowmageddon. So, you know, by all means, you know, be available. I think it's a deal. So, you know, with that, you mentioned that um, Guy Kawasaki stopped you and was like, hey, did you get that letter? How do you establish? Because I got this question from a guy. He's like, dude, how do I network? I see you all over the place. You're doing all kinds of stuff. You know, your podcast is great. You're doing it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it at a just I'm just at a different place on the timeline than you are right now. But he didn't really understand how to get those kind of advocates that basically turn you on opportunities. Because what I've noticed is that if there weren't people who were further down the timeline than I am advocating for me to, you know, be in the club, that I just I wouldn't be there. How did you make that connection with somebody like Guy? How did you level up like that? Geez, I have no idea. He just randomly poked his head out and said hi to me. Um, that's totally true. And uh, there were things like 
there were things like that that happened a bunch of times in a row. So Om Malik one day just said, you know, and he runs Giga Omnimedia and all that, and he's an investor and all that. And he just said, wow, I guess I hadn't really noticed you before. And he tweeted a bunch of links to some of my blog and suddenly crap tons of people showed up. Um, there's lots of situations like that. In none of those situations did I ever come kissing up to anybody. I never, like when I made friends with Seth Godin, it was just as peers. You know, we were peers. We showed up at the same event. It was kind of fun, but there was never anything, uh, you know, uh, never anything that fan where I had boyish. to like love him. <laughs> I, I believe me, I'm a fanboy right. of Seth Godin. I'm a fanboy of all these guys, but never in that way that like I ever felt like I'm not worthy. Never in that way that I felt like I needed their nod to do anything. That's doing it wrong. That's like the absolute opposite of a good idea because the real opportunity is to just realize you're already worth it and then find cool, interesting up and coming people. The way I got where I got was that I really just showed as much love as I could to the up and comers. And that's really the big opportunity because there's so many more people out there who are uh, like you and who are in kind of a rough spot, then you are going to do your best to connect with them and show, you know, your value in other ways by, you know, giving them love, et cetera. You know, I just did an interview with um, a pretty good friend of mine. I met him at New Media Expo and we, we just connected and hit it off. A guy named Toby Silgato. And one of the things that he said, and I don't know if it's his or if he got it from somewhere else, uh, you know, we hear so many things and listen to so many things, who knows? But he's like, you know, you got to know your why. And I know I've heard that before, but I think people have a difficulty in knowing their why. Just like the example you gave with, oh, I want to make a million dollars, you know, a month or, you know, $20,000 a month. And they don't know the why behind that, you know, that, that dollar amount. How, how do you help when you coach people? How do you help them find their why? What do you do? You know, that's the number one question, Vernon, because a lot of the different people that I've been working with right now as a business coach, uh, it's been having them start to define that kernel, you know, like the bottom of their operating system, the thing that makes them invited to the table. It, it's, a, it's a blend of things. It's sort of, if I gave you sort of a formula, it would be what can you do really well, A, that people would pay you for, B, and that you actually know how to reach those people, C. Mm -hmm. that's the, that's the, the real thing because where people get it wrong all the time is they talk about why they're this or that expert or why they're important or why they're valuable or why they're worth it. Uh, what most people want in life is how do you solve my problem? Right. And, and that's really what they're looking for. Yeah. That's interesting. Nobody ever identifies the issue. They are always talking about their credentials and this and that. And I think you did a, a recent blog post about credentials, didn't you? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I do that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of times it, it's this whole scenario where, uh, you know, what everyone's looking for in life is how can you make my life better? That's right. how everyone's walking in. What's in it for me? So if you can wander up to people and say, you know, I'm the kind of person who, you know, or I help you buy, then that's way more interesting than, you know, I, I once shook Jay-Z's hand at a concert, <laughs> you know, which by the way, would really give me a lot of, you know, I would love that because I'm, I love Jay-Z, but it wouldn't really help just any old person. Yeah, watch out for Solange. I think she might be in the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're right about that. So, no, I, I think, you know, think about you, you. two questions ago you asked me, you know, what's it like? How do you get established? How do you get people to notice you? You know what you did? You came up to me and just talked to me in the hallway, and you were like just who you were, and you were a regular person, and you were friendly and lovable. And I didn't care about your podcast, you know, as a credential. I just said, geez, Vernon seems like a really nice guy. And that's all I had. 
You know what I mean? Like it didn't take much more than that. I mean, be nice, be helpful, be friendly. Awesome. You know, Chris, I know that you're busy and you got stuff to do and uh, I know you got to run. So, hey, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast for a minute to talk to me and spend some time and uh, giving us some knowledge. I think it was a really good interview, even though it was short. It's a lot of useful information. I thank you for that. Well, my friend, thank you. And you will find that brevity is a wonderful tool for getting all the best stuff. (laughs) I have been experiencing that. Yes, indeed. All right, man. Hey, I do appreciate it. And thanks so much. Oh, my utter pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. So let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor, Duda Mobile. So when you look at a website and you start thinking mobile versus a mobile app, mobile website versus mobile app, you have to look at cost. And you also have to look at changes. How often can I change this app? If something changes on my website, like hours or something else like that, menus, anything that you want to change, how easy is it going to be to change it? When you have a mobile website built with Duda Mobile, all you have to do is make the change on your website and the mobile website is updated automatically. It's brilliant. It's a really great feature and I love it. If you happen to want a multi-screen experience and you go to dudamobile.com and you click on multi-screen, you're going to go over to Duda One. There's templates there. They just plug your site right into the templates and it makes it look amazing. You guys really should check it out and it's free to try. So just go out to dudamobile.com and enter your web address. Check it out and see what your site looks like on mobile. And remember, if you sign up, you can save $15 on an annual subscription with promo code ROSS15 or in the multi-screen experience, promo code ROSS20. Thanks a lot, and let's get back to the interview. Okay, guys, you know, that was an amazing time I had with Chris. And I hope you guys got as much out of that as I did. It seemed like a short interview, I know, but there was so much information in that interview about going pro, becoming an owner, being your own boss and doing your own thing on your terms. That's what freaks the freaks shall inherit the earth is all about. It's about doing your thing on your own terms, taking that passion. You know how they say passion's not enough. And it's not. It takes that passion and it helps you put it into a framework. And then the very last part of the book drives you to action. And I think that's what makes this business book instructional book for entrepreneurs that just have a freaky passion for whatever it is you have a passion for. If you're a weirdo about this or you're passionate about that, like coffee, like a buddy of mine, uh, the barista at Starbucks, Max, he is insane about coffee. And the new Clover system that they have here at the local Starbucks. Max is crazy about coffee. If he wants to do his own coffee thing, he's going to be one of the people that is so super hyper-focused on what he's doing that that is what's going to make his business great. The thing is is that you do need a framework around what it is that you're talking about doing. And I thought it was interesting that Chris pointed out that there's three things as far as getting noticed. So getting your business noticed or, you know, whatever it is that you're pursuing. It's A, what can you really do well? B, that people are going to pay you for. And C, do you know how to reach those people? Those three things are so important. You know, what do you do? Have you figured out what you do well? And if people will actually pay you for it? That's the that's the mark of becoming pro. Not that you're just passionate about something. But whether or not people are going to pay you for it, and that is hard. It is a struggle, my friends, to find people that want to pay you for the thing it is that you want to do. It's a constant struggle and no business ever gets past it. As you guys may have heard, Chris shared that this was his first time back in April that they weren't able to make payroll. And so him and his business partner had to go, you know, without salaries so that their other employee could get paid. You would think that somebody at Chris Brogan's level doesn't run into that, but you run into that kind of stuff all the time where you have to pull back on expenses or being able to enjoy a salary personally 
so you can take care of your suppliers or take care of your employees if you have employees or whatever the situation is in your business. Uh, there was so much in this interview, you know, one of the funny things, and I don't know if you guys caught it, but in my Twitter profile, I have passion, vision, and creativity. And in the very part, first part of the interview, Chris goes, because this, this was the setup and get ready for the interview from hell. Everything went wrong. My internet connection wasn't acting right. I had to reboot. My Mac wouldn't reboot. It got stuck in the middle of coming back up a minute before we were supposed to jump on the phone. And he, you know, when I talked to him, He's like, yeah, man, I'm pressed for time. But yeah, I got a few minutes to jump in with you and talk to you. And I'd love to do your podcast. So, you know, we agreed, set it up. And then technical problems, of course, technical problems. So, yes, I was paying Murphy today and he quoted me my own saying with passion, vision and creativity. You know, we could we can go through anything, <laughs> can't we? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, it took me a minute. I'm like, holy crap, that is my stuff that Chris Brogan just quoted me on my podcast. <laughs> that is all kinds of awesome. Anyway, guys, I know this one was short and I'm not going to just drag it out. I just wanted to uh, say that. And oh, by the way, look for a video. I'm going to do a video about Duda Mobile and just showing you guys the actual conversion process because I've gotten a couple questions about that and some of the stuff that you can do. I think you guys are going to be pretty amazed about that. Also, on June the 8th, if you go out to freefridaycoaching.com, I'm going to be launching a new site and it's just for my uh, coaching stuff. It's just for the coaching stuff and some of the free information I give. There is a membership site that you can sign up for that for, you know, some of the free coaching and to get the recordings because I'm not actually making the recordings available for the general public to just download. I'm not going to do it in a podcast or anything else like that. It's just a half hour, um, you know, quick phone call every other Friday. We may be moving the time to seven o'clock PM because a lot of people can't make the one o'clock uh, PM central standard time, especially um, my friends on the East coast. Cause it's right after lunch. So it's two o'clock there and people on the West Coast, I don't even think they're up yet. So <laughs> knocking my friends on the West Coast. We may be moving those times to 7 o'clock instead of 1 o'clock, but I will let you know because we do have a call coming up in the next day. So look for the tweets with the image of the free Friday coaching call with the phone number and the PIN number you need to use. Remember, there's only 10 spots to get in. So get in and ask your questions. We're going to be talking about how to get noticed. And I actually just went over that in the notes. We're going to talk about how to get noticed, how you get noticed, how you make those connections. I'm getting a lot of questions about networking and how you get noticed and, you know, how you meet influential people and how you connect to them. So that is a, a great subject to talk about in a coaching call. So looking forward to that. So we didn't get a chance to talk about where to find Chris online. You can find Chris online at ownermag.com. That's the owner magazine website that we talked about. You can also find him at humanbusinessworks.com. That's the business side. So if you need to book Chris to speak, you want to look at the blog, you want to hire him, you want to take some of the courses that we talked about, OMFG. That is actually a course out there and you guys should take it because it's only like nine bucks and it is an awesome amount of value. So definitely check that out. You can also find him at chrisbrogan.com or you can track him down on Twitter at chrisbrogan. So guys, check him out online. That's all of Chris's contact information that we didn't get a chance to share during the episode. And in the next episode, I'm actually going to be dropping another one this week. If you can believe that. I want to get this one out. Good friend of mine. You guys are going to enjoy this one. Millionaire telling you how to become a millionaire. This is going to be awesome. So until next time, guys, I will see you in the next episode.